Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hi, I'm Adam Berkmans, and today we're making paddlefish caviar and cucumber bites. This recipe was created by Jeff Benda, a field staff writer for Harvesting Nature. He writes... These paddlefish caviar and cucumber bites are easy to create, yet they make an amazingly fantastic hors d'oeuvre for your next get-together with family and friends. I love making these for a party because I can whip it all up from start to finish in just 10 minutes. Store-bought crackers are topped with dill cream cheese, cucumber slices, paddlefish caviar, and fresh dill. Now I've lived in North Dakota for 40 years, yet I've never taken advantage of the unique resources paddlefish in the coveted caviar you can make with its roe. This year, I finally made the seven-hour drive from Fargo to the Missouri-Yellowstone Confluence area near Williston, where hundreds of men and women line the river beginning May 1st to try and snag a paddlefish with an 8- or 10-foot snagging rod. It's an extremely challenging experience where you fish from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., throwing cast after cast, yanking a 5-ounce lead weight and a large treble hook through the water, trying to snag a giant beast and drag it to the shore. Sometimes weighing in at over 100 pounds, these long-billed prehistoric-looking river monsters are one of the most exciting fish you can attempt to catch in fresh water here in the United States. After spending hours casting and dragging in the hot sun, I finally felt a tug on my line. Fish on, I yelled in excitement as my hook dug deep into the fish. The battle was intense, but I was determined to reel it in. As I tried to keep the rod tip high, I could feel the fish fighting back with all of its might. Try to imagine the hard-charging tug of the biggest northern pike you've ever hooked into, then multiply that by a hundred. I'm not a very strong muscular guy, so it was with sheer determination that I finally managed to get the behemoth close to shore so my friend could grab it and pull it onto the muddy bank. Despite feeling exhausted and sweaty, I couldn't help but feel grateful for this incredible experience. As I sat next to the fish, I took a moment to reflect on the battle that had just taken place, feeling victorious and grateful for the opportunity to catch such a magnificent creature. If you would like to try your own hand at snagging a paddlefish and then making your own caviar with its eggs, you can find the step-by-step directions on wildgamefish.com. 
it's not that difficult at all. The salty, briny finished product is worth a little time and effort to add a little bit of splurge into your life. Thanks, Jeff. World of Caviar is actually a pretty interesting one, so let's peer into it a little bit. First off, the term caviar, coming from the Persian for egg-bearing, generally refers to salted fish eggs or roe from fish belonging to the Asimpiceridae family or the sturgeons. The fancy caviar as we know it actually refers only to the eggs harvested from wild sturgeon caught in the Caspian and Black Seas of Eurasia, though the term can be used loosely to refer to any of the salted fish eggs that we eat. To prepare it, fish eggs are gently removed from the membranous sac, or skein, that gets extracted from egg-bearing female fish. They are then rinsed off of any impurities and soaked in a salt brine for a specified amount of time. This curing process helps preserve the eggs and also adds flavor. Fish eggs will vary in size, color, and flavor from fish to fish. Caviar, or fish roe, is eaten in different ways wherever cultures tend to catch a lot of fish. Let's focus on the true form of caviar first, coming from the Caspian sturgeons. True caviar can be split into three different types, beluga, acetra, and savruga. Beluga caviar, the rarest and most expensive caviar, comes from the beluga sturgeon, which is the largest of the sturgeons. Beluga sturgeon are actually the largest freshwater fish in the world. Records show caught fish weighing 3,400 pounds that's over 1,500 kilograms, and coming in at over 24 feet, or 7 meters. Not to be confused with beluga whales, the beluga sturgeon shares part of its name, derived from Russian for white, with the whale due to its pale belly. Beluga caviar has the largest egg size of the caviars, and their color ranges from pale gray to black. There's actually an even more rare and expensive type of caviar coming from an albino beluga sturgeon between 60 and 100 years old, who produce golden eggs. The eggs are literally worth their weight in gold, with a price tag coming in at $22,000 per pound, the same current price for gold. These special surgeon are only found in certain spots and are exceedingly rare. Regular beluga caviar is generally sold for a much more reasonable three to $7,000 per pound. No, wait, that's still ridiculously expensive. The reason for the high price tag, beyond the exceptional quality of this caviar, is scarcity. Sturgeon have very long lifespans, easily living beyond 100 years in the wild. They take a long time to mature, 15 to 25 years, and only spawn once every 4 to 7 years. Traditionally, sturgeon would travel over 600 miles, or 1000 kilometers, to spawn, though modern dams and infrastructure have put an end to that. Overfishing has reduced populations significantly, leading to scarcity and extremely high costs. Next up is Acetra caviar, the second best caviar behind Beluga. It is obtained from the Acetra sturgeon, which also lives in the Caspian and Black Sea basins. The word Acetra is derived from Russian for caviar sturgeon. The Acetra sturgeon is smaller than its Beluga cousin, generally coming in at a tiny 50 to 400 pounds. They live for up to 50 years, and the caviar coming from the oldest specimens is more highly regarded than the younger. Acetra caviar is golden-hued, sometimes more of a brown, with lighter varieties coming from older fish. Last up is Savruga caviar, which is harvested from Savruga, Sterlet, and Siberian sturgeon in the Black and Caspian Seas. 
Sifruga sturgeon are much smaller, going to about 150 pounds tops and coming in around 7 feet in length. Sifruga produce gray eggs, which are the most common of the fancy caviars. This caviar sells for only about $1,500 per pound, which is way more inside my budget. No, wait, I still can't afford that. No wonder I haven't tried caviar before. There are some other varieties and hybrids of caviar, but I don't think there's any need to list them all out here. Caviar has been harvested and eaten for a long, long time. Records show that ancient Greeks were enjoying caviar at special banquets as far back as the 4th century BCE. People before that were very likely catching curgeon for the epic amount of meat one would produce, and those lucky enough to catch one with eggs would have definitely been enjoying those too. Ancient Persians were known to collect the eggs directly from the water during spawning season, rather than from the fish themselves. This would have made the eggs even more of a seasonal delicacy, but would have also helped keep the sturgeon population from crashing. And crash it did. By the 8th century AD, fishermen in modern-day Russia were catching sturgeon in rivers during their spawning runs. Now imagine pulling a 3,000-pound fish from the river. Beats that 8-pound pike I caught that I cockily called massive. As time rolled on, caviar became very en vogue and was in high demand. Sturgeon were being caught en masse for their eggs, and that led to what any modern person could see coming, a steep decline in sturgeon. With their long maturity rates, sturgeon obviously couldn't keep up with the overfishing, especially since they were being specifically targeted for their eggs, which in turn would obviously never hatch. Suddenly caviar was a hot commodity and much harder to find. Though peasants would have been enjoying it in the past, it was now a food only fit for rich nobles and royalty. Eventually, there wasn't enough left to go around, even for just the Russian nobility, so they started to look elsewhere for the caviar. In 1873, an enterprising German named Henry Schatt saw an opportunity here. He had been living in the United States and noticed that caviar was being harvested from Atlantic and White Sturgeon in the Detroit and Hudson Rivers, as well as many other rivers. This caviar was seen as pretty much worthless and was often given away by bars as a free snack to go along with a pint of beer, much like peanuts today. Henry Schacht saw that Russians were paying a ludicrous amount of money for tiny amounts of caviar while Americans were leaving it half-eaten at the bar. He started shipping it overseas, becoming rich in the process, and starting the golden age of caviar in North America. The United States was producing 90% of the world's caviar during the 19th century, which is mostly sent to Russia. Funny enough, some of that caviar came back to the States in Russian tins, being sold to wealthy fools as Russian caviar for exorbitant prices. But humans can be depressingly predictable. In less than 100 years, the sturgeon were pretty much fished out and the American caviar trade crashed. Wow, didn't see that coming. By the 1990s, there was a complete moratorium on Atlantic sturgeon fishing, and the Russians and Iranians were once more dominating the caviar trade. They quickly overfished the sturgeon again, and had to put a complete moratorium on the sale of black caviar in 2007. Nowadays, China actually rules the caviar trade, producing over 60% of the world's caviar. Most other caviar now comes from farmed sturgeon, which will often get netted and be given an ultrasound to see if it has eggs. From there, it gets what's basically a C-section to remove the eggs without killing the fish. Once healed, the fish is released back into the farm waters to breed once more. 
Other farming practices include massaging the eggs out of the fish. I always said I wanted to be a fish massager when I grew up, but alas, here I am making podcasts instead. Wild source caviar is still available on the market, but it is highly expensive and could be of dubious origins. There have been several large black market caviar trading rings operating around the world selling stolen, fake, or unsustainably sourced caviar. If you do plan on buying some, la-di-da, make sure it's from a trusted source. The high cost of caviar and the rise in popularity of sushi have sparked a modern interest in eating the roe of other fish, like mullet, lumpfish, salmon, trout, whitefish, flyingfish, and paddlefish. Though this less expensive caviar has been eaten by coastal communities for centuries, people all over the world are now including it into their diets. You can even buy it at most upscale grocery stores in the seafood section. I have tried this more affordable caviar, in quotes, and I really enjoy it. Each egg pops in between your teeth, letting forth a delicate brininess that is unlike anything else. You can also make your own caviar with fish you caught yourself like Jeff did with his paddlefish. I personally cured my own perch, crappy and pike roe, taken from fish I caught through the ice, and very much enjoyed it. Be sure to freeze it first before curing to kill off any of the baddies that could be lurking in it. People eat caviar and roe on its own, or on toaster, blini, which are small buckwheat pancakes, on in or with sushi, on potatoes, crackers, the list goes on. It is often served with creme fraiche, hard-boiled eggs, cucumbers, lemon, or straight up with vodka. True caviar is never served with metal spoons though, as it is thought that the metal affects the delicate flavor of the eggs. Bone or mother-of-pearl spoons are traditionally used for it. I'm sure Jeff wouldn't mind if he didn't carve your own bone spoon to serve his paddlefish caviar, which, if it isn't quite beluga caviar, is still a special and delicious treat. This recipe makes 12 servings and takes about 10 minutes to prepare. Ingredients 3 tablespoons of cream cheese, softened. 3 tablespoons of mayonnaise. 3 tablespoons of Mexican crema, store-bought or homemade. 2 tablespoons of chopped fresh dill, plus more for garnish. Half a teaspoon of salt. Zest from one lemon, one small cucumber, 24 crackers, quarter cup of paddlefish caviar or store-bought cured fish roe. To prepare, in a small bowl, combine the cream cheese, mayonnaise, Mexican crema, two tablespoons of dill, salt, and lemon zest and mix well. Taste and adjust the seasoning if desired. On a cutting board, cut the cucumber in half lengthwise, then thinly slice. Top each cracker with one teaspoon of cream cheese mixture, then one or two cucumber slices, half a teaspoon of caviar, and some dill. Serve immediately. For more great wild fish and game recipes, be sure to subscribe and follow Antler and Finn.